What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Cash It. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. And oh, baby, opening day MLB is finally here. By the time you're listening to this right now, games are right about to start up. Adam and I are recording on Wednesday uh, afternoon. So we are still, well, I, I mean, I know I am. I'm bubbling with excitement. Adam, what's going on, man? I've already seen you posting uh, on social media these like throwback Thursday uh, pictures of you at uh, City Field. Super excited? Definitely. Obviously, there's optimism with the Mets. I try to tone it down a bit just because of the past, but I am confident with Steve Cohen as the owner. So I'm excited to get back out to the ballpark because it also means warmer weather in the Northeast. It's been a mild winter. We actually, I believe, have had the least amount of snowfall ever in the history. Uh, we barely had any snow. It doesn't mean we still can't get because you can get snow in April. But, you know, baseball around the corner means the warmer weather as well. So I'm excited. I'm not going to be able to go to as many Mets games early in the season that I am accustomed to due to work. But I am planning to go to my first game on Sunday, April 9th, because it's Easter. So I have no softball that day. Uh, so I am planning to go to Mets. I believe it's Mets Marlins. Mets play the Marlins seven times in the first week and a half of the season. So talk about unbalanced. Uh, the Mets, have, <laughs> it's crazy. The Mets have like some real soft opponents and really a good opponents early on. It's uh, kind of weird, but yeah, I'm definitely excited. You know, it should be an exciting season. I think it's, wide open as far as I think there are multiple teams that can win the World Series. Obviously, there's some divisions where I don't think it's a great race, but I think there are multiple where you can see a few teams winning it. So I think there's definitely excitement for the season. I think the WBC gave us a taste of baseball. And, you know, for the most part, we didn't get a ton of bad injuries in the preseason. Obviously, Edwin Diaz was a crusher. Jose Altuve, I missed a couple months, but for the most part, it was pretty smooth. And I'm just glad my drafts are over in a way, too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's 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 pretty funny. You know, when you when it comes down to it, it's like it's so cringy. Like I'm sitting here over the past like couple of days and I was you know, talking about it with Jim Bowden. I'm like, how do you like we're, we're watching position battles and last minute things are happening here. But, you know, from a fantasy perspective, you know, teams are drafted. Waivers ran on Sunday for a lot of our leagues uh, that, you know, I don't know if all of your leagues did, but um, all of mine had a, a, a waiver period for uh, for Sunday. I believe that there's some that, that do it tonight, Wednesday Wednesday night before the season starts. But yeah, I'm just like, put all of my players in bubble wrap, please. Put bubble wrap around them all. Let them sit in the clubhouse and do nothing. And let's just focus on the, uh, on the season. Cause there's like, you're, you're talking about your excitement for the, for the Mets. My excitement for the Yankees is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, at a, at a high here, um, I, opening up against the San Francisco giants, which is absolutely hysterical. Um, I will shout it out to my boy Adam Lorber because uh, I haven't. He hasn't even texted me asking me to lay down a bet with him uh, on this series because he's like this huge Giants fan. So I'll have to reach out to him uh, and see what's going on with that. But man, you know Anthony Volpe made the team, so he's our youngest starting. You know, our, our youngest starting player on opening day 
since Jeter in 96. So obviously a lot of comparisons, you know, in, in that front, a lot of pressure on that kid, but yeah, dude, I am, uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I am very, very pumped. I'm even, you know what I'm doing the, uh, the, the first playbook of the season for, uh, for MLB DFS. And I'm sitting there that's out and available at fancyalarm.com. If you don't have a subscription to fancyalarm.com, you better get one, uh, best bets, that are coming out for MLB and full DFS work uh, from the team. Uh, if you if you guys want, I'll, I'll recommend it here. Fantasyalarm.com slash Howard. Use the promo code Howard. It gives you 50% off your first six months. So uh, fantastic stuff all around there as the, as the rain comes teaming down uh, on me here in Northern California. I don't know if you can hear it through the I microphone. Did. At first I was like, wait, is that coming from my place? It is right here. Here, this is what happens when I mute the mic. And this is what happens when I don't. So a- apologies for the uh, the background noise, people. That's uh, that's just the way it goes out here. So, dude, I'm 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 stoked. I am absolutely stoked as a Yankees fan, as a baseball fan. And I mean, let's face it, dude. Look at the, the just look at the lineup of pitchers throwing on opening day. It's like. Scherzer, DeGrom, Nola, McClanahan, Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, Sandy Alcantara, Hunter Green, Max Freed, Blake Snell, Pablo Lopez, Alec Manoa. I mean, it is just a uh, a laundry. Forgot Otani against the A's. Otani against, you know what? It's so funny. He might not go deep, though, I think they said. Didn't they say he was only going to throw a few innings, I believe? Um, I. Didn't see that. But oh, how about the, how about the how about the night Bieber Castillo? That's a good one. Bieber had a great spring. Bieber had a great spring. Absolutely. Okay. And and Castillo's like oh, he's all over a ton of my teams. You know the the funny part about it is is that I've been you know trying to get the playbook done and the playbook just handles you know the main slate. So it's got the eleven games. But yeah, uh, might have to do a little something uh, or at least get like Impemba or somebody to you know, dollop like a little, uh, a little one sheet for the night slate, because you're right. Otani against Oakland, Zach Gallon versus Julio Urias on uh, Arizona, LA Dodgers. That's going to be a great fucking matchup. And then Bieber Castillo. Yeah, no, it's shaping up to be a good day. I'll say the one thing that though, that I do hate about the beginning of the season is in these fantasy leagues, guys are not placed on the IL officially yet. It's going to be a nightmare. Like, you know, Tal Ors, we get to put guys on the IL. I have Jose Altuve and Mitch Hanniger. They're not on the IL yet. So you have to make, you have to put them on reserve. And then you got to hope by lineup lock they're on IL or go to your SWAT and say, hey, can you, it's just a pain in the ass. Because we know these guys are going on the IL, but they officially haven't done it yet. Um, yeah, well, that's, you know, it's the, the site that you play on and it's teams also. No, it's not the site though. See, none of these sites can put these guys if they're, they're not officially on the IL. Uh, you know what? Steve Gardner overrides the system on RT sports. I get that, to, but you to know, make you it happen for labor. Right. But you can't expect every commissioner to do that. No, not every commissioner, but I expect our tout commissioners and our, our swaps yeah, they to are. do that. No, they are. They sent an email about it. So they're good about it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of housekeeping that, that needs to be done while you wait for, uh, for teams to do it. And I'll tell you what, it's even worse is that, you know, you've got those night games. So none of those teams, you know, LA, yeah. Oakland, Arizona, Cleveland, Seattle, like they don't have to do it until right before the first pitch. So you're, you are getting kind of, you know, 
Yeah, it's screwed good. around a little bit. I, I wish they just did it like the day before. Like we know there's a ton of guys that are going on the IL. They've already announced it. Just make it official for us. Come on, man. I would I would love for them to do it also. But you know what? They don't give a shit about your fantasy team, no, Adam. They don't. Sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so Mets open up at uh what one o'clock in the afternoon? Four, uh, four, four p.m. Eastern. Wow. All right. So then you get like a full run here where you get to watch. Well, you're, I'm sure you're going to be locked into the Yankees game, right? Um, I will watch. Yeah, I do have an, a doctor's appointment. So I'll watch some baseball, go to my appointment, and then I'll be watching the Mets game during my, well, the first hour. I hope I'm back home. You know, doctor's appointments, whenever they tell you it's three, they're not going to take you to four or 430. What, what, so. what are you going in for? Are you going in for like Dr. Jellyfingers to uh, colonoscopy you? Nah, getting eyes checked and uh, hopefully oh, some glasses. Oh, doctors. Yeah, that always takes a while, actually. Yeah. But hopefully I'll come back and, you know, Scherzer, Alcantara, that'll be a good matchup. And then I'll be watching it while I'm on air. So uh, that could be a bumpy show, depending on what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually glad that the Yankees game is going to be over by the time that I uh, by the yeah, time that I dive you. in. That works out. One of the, yeah, there's two games going on early. Braves Nationals, which will probably be over in the fourth uh, with Patrick Corbett on the mound. That's great. Uh, so get your Austin Riley props ready. Uh, <laughs> anybody who mashes against lefties yeah so atlanta's a minus 250 favorite there and then yeah then the giants yankees those are the two games at one it's kind of a weird schedule though because you got one game at seven o'clock and then three at 10 and everything else is early it's kind of odd but hey we're not going to complain it's a it's a day full of baseball i'll take it yeah dude it's a day full of baseball like for me it's like 10 o'clock in the morning I get to start with uh, with Atlanta, Washington, and the Yankees, San Francisco, and then they steadily start up until you know 4 p.m. Eastern. I still have you know like two hours of just free to watch baseball, waiting for the show to start. Um, and then yeah, and then you know as as with only one game going on during the show for me is going to be I, I fucking love it, man. It's going to be great because then I get to sit and lock into uh, the late night baseball. Well, for me, it's seven o'clock. I don't care, man. Long night for you. Uh, yeah, but I'm used to it. I'm up late and I like watching West Coast basketball, West Coast baseball. I was watching Warriors Pelicans last night to the end. So it's perfect for me. Friday, though, only five games. I think you know, they obviously do that because of potential rainouts on Thursday. They want to have the open day to push it back, but only five games on Friday. Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm kind of looking for uh, or I was about to start diving into what the weather situation looks like. Um, I haven't really. It know. doesn't look too bad in the Northeast. It's a little cold. Uh -huh. um, I think for the Yankees, it's showing about 52 degrees. Um, I'm not seeing much weather here. It doesn't look that bad. Oh, Cincinnati could have some rain. I'm seeing. Um, yeah, that's what I'm looking for right now. I'm like scrolling through and I'm like, yeah, it's not much. I, I, I don't know if we're going to get many rainouts. Or weather issues. I, see I mean, again, a fifty-two is not ideal, but it's better than thirty-four. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fifty-eight in Washington, forty-seven in Boston, forty-four in Chicago. I mean, that's the Cubs. What do you expect? Rays, obviously, dome. Um. So yeah, it's not too looking too bad. Except it looks like Cincinnati might have some rain. That'd be unfortunate because I would really like to, uh, I'd like to check out, oh, there's uh, actually, uh, da, 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 believe it or not, there's supposed to be rain in San Diego. 
Yeah, I did see that too, which is that usually hardly ever happens, correct? Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here in California, dude. It's like uh, a fucking nightmare. Like it has, it's, it, it's continuously raining here, uh, which is the absolute worst because, you know, we live right by the creek and I'm dealing with like creek flooding and all this other shit. But yeah, it's weird, right? That's the, that's the worst game right now. Colorado at San Diego, best chance of rain on the entire slate, which is, you know, obviously odd and weird, but I was never going to use Herman Marquez, uh, nor was I planning on really using Blake Snell for that matter either. Um, some really good hitters for the Padres that I can't, you know, that I'm not going to rely on too heavily for DFS. But, I mean, dude, there's so many different places to go um, for this. Have you looked at the slate from a uh, from a betting standpoint yet? Not yet, no. Been busy with NBA. NBA's got a big slate on Wednesday. So, but yeah, I'll start looking and maybe uh, jump in on something. Like I said, I think some of those right-handed bats for the Braves stand out against Patrick Corbin. I mean, he's, I guess he's not the worst pitcher on the slate because Muller's going for the A's. Um, might be the worst opening day starter ever. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but Corbin's right up there though. I mean, it's, I, I mean, it's a joke that he's getting paid all that money, man. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. I'm looking at my uh, at my stat sheet right now just to uh, kind of eyeball this for people. I mean, obviously, this is all going to be in the uh, in the DFS playbook, but you know, I might as well uh, hit you guys with a couple of fun things. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez um, also struggles. Uh, you know, I mean he he's he's one of those guys who does the uh, the reverse splits. I wouldn't be stacking lefties against him because he's actually had a really nice spring. But, you know, I'm looking at like, you know, all hitters against, especially uh, especially righties against Patrick Corbin. I'm looking at uh, Herman Mark lefties against Herman Marquez. Maybe, you know, a little Juan Soto there if you want to uh, avoid the rain. What about the Phillies against Kyle Gibson, dude? Yeah. Is that game in Philly? Uh, no, it's actually in Texas. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Gibson. Life. No. Wait, the Phillies are. Oh no no no, oh, so no yeah. Grom. Yeah no, because um. Oh, you know what I'm looking at? I'm looking at last year's uh, last year's team affiliation. So yeah, where I was is? Uh, say, because Gibson's on Baltimore now. That's why. Now, yeah. Yeah, it's Degrom versus Nola. It's Degrom versus Nola. Yeah, so you might want to scratch that. I'll be I'll be scratching all of that. Oh, Kluber Gibson. That's what it is. Boston, Baltimore. I'm not investing in uh, in in any bats. Although I'll tell you what, man, uh, Masataka Yoshida, you know, had a really great uh, WBC. Um, you know, I, I talked to Jim a lot about him because Jim was, you know, Jim Bowden was doing the broadcast for, uh, you know, all those games down in Miami for the WBC, and uh, and he had a good chance to look at Masataka Yoshida. You know, he's like, you know, he's like, I don't think the power is really translating that much, but he could be like a 15 to 18 home run bat could splash in a little bit of speed there. So, you know, Yoshida coming off because that's kind of what I'm looking for for tomorrow. Right. You know, as I'm like looking to set DFS lineups, I'm looking for guys who came off of the WBC and spring training like super, super hot. Who looks dialed in the most? Trey you Turner, figure- are you going to use Trey Turner versus DeGrom? No, no, no. no okay. No. I mean, DeGrom's no, I mean, healthy right now. So <laughs> I know I mean, you're listen, like- If I'm targeting against pitchers, 
You know, I mean, really, I mean, if I'm if I'm just going to flat out target against pitchers, I'm going to target against Corbin. I'm a target against Gibson. I'm a target against Mitch Keller. Um, I could very well, you know, target against uh, uh, Corey Mitch, Kluber. Mitch Keller had a great spring. He sure did. And we've he seen sure him tease before, but I'm not, I didn't draft him anywhere. I did draft your sheet in a couple leagues. And in my home league, I've already had two teams inquire trading for him. Yeah. You know, let me and ask it's an OB, you. That. It's an OBP league too. Dude, are you going to start about trades? Is that where you're yeah, going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not just trades. It's also it's it's roster turnover. Like guys, you know, you draft their team and they're already they're already hitting us up in Discord uh at Fantasy Alarm asking, you know, should I drop this guy to add this guy? Drop this guy to add this guy. And I'm like, you know, I, I think it's it's always good to talk to people. I was gonna talk to you about it here. I'm gonna talk to Jim about it on the Fantasy Alarm show as well. Like, how do you handle all of that shit? Like trades and excessive waiver moves uh, before the season starts. Well, first of all, real quick, I'm saying no player props for these baseball games. I mean, this is ridiculous. Um, but anyway, because I was looking up McClanahan's K prop, it's not there. Then I go to Yankees, Giants, nothing there. So anyway, but yeah, the trade, dude, I have a guy in my league and no joke. As soon as the auction was over, he was sending trade offers. He sent me multiple already. He's already made two trades. But that's the way he drafts. So he basically spent all his money early. And I think he has like 15 $1 players. And then he does that to trade. To me, it's exhausting. I don't know how you can play the game that way. You're basically going into the season saying, I am going to trade a ton. And I am to the point, because one of my friends said this, and I might do it. Start charging a transaction fee for trades. I wonder if this guy is going to make as many trades. Because no joke. He must make 100 a year. I've never went back and looked, but he's already made two, bro. Two. And the season hasn't started yet. And he keeps sending me offers for, he's like, what is it going to take to get Yoshida? And I'm like, I need offense. Like, I think my pitching's good. I need offense. But it's insane. So I know there are people like that in maybe not every league, but every two to three leagues. I just don't understand it. Why do you trade so much? It doesn't make any sense. Unless, again, I know that's this guy's blueprint going in. Like, I can tell because he's sending the, the trade offers for similar players. So that was his intent. I think he, like, spent on four closers, and he already traded Camilo Duval. So his plan is, okay. okay. So it's clearly his plan is saves are a scarce commodity. I'm going to pay for them in the auction. There's going to be a team or two or three that come out of the auction with no saves. They're going to be desperate, and I'm going to trade him right away. I just – I hate building a fantasy team that way. You're putting so much work on your plate. And then you can root it because this guy's won the league one time and uh, several leagues, several times of the years he's been out of it. I just, I sit there and the league knows the league is always joking. Like, Oh, did anyone get a trade offer yet? And it's Howard. I am telling you that like, you're like, Oh, I mean, he's exaggerating. I am not exaggerating. I can fucking send you trade offers every day from this guy. And I can send you the trades he's made. It's it's insane, bro. And it's annoying as the commissioner. Like, again, you should be able to run the, your team the way you want. But I'm to the point where I'm, I might just start trading, uh, charging for transactions. And you know what? Does he make as many trades if, if you charge 5 to $10 a trade? And if he does pay it, hey, that's extra money to the pot. Right. Yeah, we um, yeah we had, uh, we had a, a couple of guys like that back when we were doing um, – God damn, my 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 home league from a while ago where it was like 
you know, bidding on bidding on free agents was real money, not bid money. You were you were actually paying for these free agents uh, to pick them up. And I mean, it was like, what were they charging per transaction? Per transaction, it was uh, it was ten dollars tr- per transaction, five dollars to move a guy up, five dollars to move a guy to your bench, and all the money went to the pot at the end, right? And all the money went to the pot. And how many yeah. trades were made? Um. Oh, still a ton. Yeah. Okay. I mean, still, I guess. Yeah. I mean, five dollars. The, the funny lot. thing is, is like this group. Like we had one dude. We had one dude who would like make like a bunch of trades. And then he would try to work it into the trade that the other team picked up the cost of his moves. Like it, <laughs> it was, it, oh dude, it was fucking, it was unbelievable. You were just like, oh, Charlie's, Charlie's working a deal with me and he wants to do this like, you know, four for four deal, but he doesn't want to pay for, you know, the roster moves. If I want to get this done, I'm going to have to like pay the extra money to get the deal done. Uh, and it was uh, it was a huge pain in the ass, huge pain in the ass. Um, Look, here's the thing. Trading is a lot of work. If you want to be successful and offer fair deals and if you're going to be an asshole and offer a bunch of shit trades, then you're wasting your time because you're sending bad trades to multiple teams. They're rejecting it. You're sending another one. They're rejecting it. You keep going back and forth and you're waste, wasting fucking time. So it's a lot of work to make trades. And this is not even a high dollar league, which. Bob, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you, this is not not a three hundred dollar entry fee. You know, it's not like you're going to win huge money. It's, it's an average amount. And I'm like, damn, you putting in all this work for that? Like shit. And I do this for a living. And I, like it's so much work and wasted time. I, yeah. I, you know what it is? Maybe I don't, I don't I guess I don't trade as much as other people. Like I trade out of necessity. So in this league, I usually make trades. June and July, as it's a keeper league. So as teams are falling out and they're ready to unload and I see the teams around me making acquisitions, it forces me like, hey, if I want to win this league, I'm going to have to give up my young pro- – I've traded Tatis when he was cheap, Soto when he was cheap because I want to win this year. So I don't worry about the future. I want to win this year. That's when I make trades. Even in tout, I don't make a lot of trades, labor. I just don't. Um, it's I don't know. I, again, trades can be fun, but – it just it's so time consuming and I just don't trade as much as I used to. Do you? Um, no, I definitely don't trade as much as I used to, um, you know, because I'm, I, you know, I also I mean, I, you know, you get so many people who get so hung up on trades. You know, it's always nice to like sit there at the at the bar with your buddies and you're hanging out or, you know, we, we used to I used to play in this rotating poker game in New York. Um and there are like you know seven of us who are all in the fantasy baseball league as well, and, and so we would like we'd talk deal at the table. We'd go out for like a smoke break, and we'd talk deal over there. And it was it was fun to do it. The the passing of of emails back and forth and back and forth, and the passing of texts over and over again. No, that's 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 time consuming. It's annoying. It's aggravating. And uh, and and yeah, I mean, I just. I just don't go through the process as much because, you know, you're also you're dealing with people who, you know, are are so unreasonable with trades, so unreasonable with trades. Like, I'll give you an example here and I'm going to call it out because I don't give a shit about calling out people for, for making things difficult. Steve Phillips, former GM of the uh, of the, the New York Mets, uh, 
he's hanging out on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. This dude sends out so many trade offers, right? But what he does is he sends out these shit trade offers because he's hoping that somebody's going to bite on one and make a mistake. And so I get all of these really like ridiculous offers from him. And I just, you know, at first I tried to like negotiate with him a little bit and I realized how fucking pointless that was. And so I just, I, now I just reject any deal that comes my way from him uh, unless it's like a legit deal. But I mean, it's a dynasty league and he's like, you know, he's, he's trying to get my young stud players and he's trying to deal with me like fucking Jorge Soler. And I'm like, what, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm in a dynasty league and you're asking for a 24-year-old outfielder who's on his way up and you're offering me Jorge Soler in return? Like, what the fuck do I want that for? Yeah, that's the other thing, too. If you make a lot of trades and you send those insulting offers, you alienate people and they're not going to want to deal with you anymore because they know how you operate. And I kind of feel like that way sometimes, the guy in my league. It's just it's kind of a, a turnoff. It's like you keep sending these garbage offers. Even someone in the league texted me. He's like, oh, I already got a few garbage offers. I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's annoying. And, um, you know, you definitely put people in a position where they're like, I don't want to deal with this guy anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, again, uh, a bad trade repu reputation spreads like wildfire, wildfire, so much faster than a good trade reputation. Nobody, somebody's like, like a good person to trade with, good person to talk deal. Like that's the person who I want. The person who like, you know, if you're offering me a fair deal, because when I offer somebody a deal, I study their roster. I look at what their, what their shortcomings potentially are, right? Now, first and foremost here, I am not a, a, a preseason trader. I'm not. I draft, I, I build my draft plan. Everything comes to to fruition for me. Um, I have you know alternative picks if uh, if my guys aren't available. But I'm building my team in the draft the way I want to build my team. Then I want to go into the regular season and I want to start seeing how everybody does. Uh, typically, I it'd be a very 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 rare moment to see me make a deal uh, before May first. Because I want to give everybody a, an opportunity to, you know, I want the hot starts to heat up. I want the cold starts to cool off, uh, you know, and I want I want to really assess like what my team needs are. And I don't feel I don't think you can do it. And we haven't even played a fucking game. And people are making all of these crazy trade offers. Like, how do you even know? Like, what are you basing it off of? You know, you're, you're trying to, like, acquire a, a rookie. Uh, you know, like what, what are you basing it off of? Is this guy is, you want the power? Are you looking for the speed? Like, you know, where is it? Like, how do you assess your fucking team before you even do it? Because I think all projection systems are garbage. I really do. I, and, and that's, you know, I, I love the team over at fantasy alarm, but you know, I just, I don't use projections because I analyze the player himself and I analyze the matchup. You know, if it's a daily league, I'm analyzing that stuff. And then I'm looking at, at what I expect from this player throughout the course of the season. I'm not looking at what his rest of season projections are because that's, a, you know, that to me is like, I mean, there's, there's so many different factors that come into play that I don't, I, I just don't do it. So, you know, you won't see me trading at all until at least after May 1st when, especially this year, 
with all the rules changes and all the adjustments that are being made and the WBC playing, uh, you know, this year, I, I, I really don't want to, you know, I, I, I want to use April as like a real good chance to evaluate my team before I even think about making moves. Here's the other thing too. I could say, well, you came out of the draft short and saves, right? That's probably common for many people. If you try and make a trade for a closer now, you're going to overpay. We already know there's a handful of closers that we can count on, and two of them are injured, one out for the year at Edwin Diaz, and Rossell Iglesias, who to me was a top five closer. So now you're minimizing it, and we have a lot of situations. We don't even know who's going to close. Marlon just said it's going to be Tanner Scott, A.J. Puck, and Dylan Florin involved for saves. So we have a lot of teams like that. So why would you trade for a closer now? You're going to overpay. Just wait it out. There's going to be closures that come out of nowhere. You know, we think we know every bullpen, but there's a couple that, wow, I didn't know it was going to be that guy. I had him sixth on the depth chart for saves. So, yeah, you might be light in saves now, but now you're going to overpay if you're trying to trade right away coming out of the draft. So sit back and speculate on some relievers. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and yeah, there's, there's nobody, I mean, I could even just, you know, go over the closer grid and, and take a look at it. I'm not, I'm not looking to make that move. No way. I mean, you know, what 60% of the guys who are, who are getting saves right now. I mean, first of all, we've got how many different committee situations, at least half a dozen. Yeah. More than that. I think, man, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. There's just very few teams where we go, yep, that's the closer. And even the ones that we think we know, uh, there's a chance that a couple bad performances, they don't have the kick. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So you're, 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 you're basically the same mindset as me. You're not overturning your roster a ton. What, what about waivers? Like, are you, I mean, you deal with fab, so it's basically, it's only weekly for you. Um, to deal with that, but there are people out there with, you know, I'm not saying first come first serve, but waiver priority. Um, or there are some people who can just, you know, do like a first come first serve and they're just fucking churning over their roster over and over again. This guy goes zero for four. He gets dropped for a guy who went four for four the night before and, and all of that. I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the advice that you give that player? Well, I think in this first fab period, I actually do not mind spending, especially if your draft was, Three weeks ago, like labor, tout, you know, there's good players. Now, I didn't wind up spending a ton in labor. Let me see. Who did I get? I wound up getting, well, I lost Reese Hoskins, so I had to get a corner infielder, and there wasn't a lot there. So I got Brandon Bell for a dollar. I picked up Nick Gordon for three. I really like him. I think he's going to get playing time early with the injuries. He's got some pop, some speed, eligible at second and outfield. There were good pitchers, though. David Robertson was available. I went six. He went for 17. Michael Fomo was available. I think he's the Cubs guy to open. He went for nine. My bid was four. I bid on David Peterson. He went for five. My bid was four. I got Clark Schmidt for four. Uh, I bid four on Jared Schuster. He went for seven. Um, So there were some good players available. So I don't mind spending in that first week because, again, if your draft was more than two weeks ago, there's like we didn't. By the time this draft was done, David Peterson was not in the rotation. It was Jose Quintana. He got hurt. Jared Schuster obviously came out of nowhere in the spring, and both he and Dodd are opening the season in the rotation with Kyle Wright on the aisle, Soroka not ready yet. So there, this is a week, and Michael Fulmer, I mean, that's a guy that 
you know, no one really was sure what his role was going to be. So there are some players available, especially if your waivers haven't run. Now, if you just did your draft this past week, these guys were drafted. You know, Derek Hall's another guy. Season increased play. So I don't mind in the first fat period spending. Um, I did spend in TGFBI on David Robinson. I had Diaz. And this is one of those situations where my initial bid was 144. And then I'm like, ah, let me up it to 168. The run arc was 113. So I upped it for nothing. But I, in my online championship, he went for over $300. And that's why I've said this numerous times about fat. It is the one of the most difficult things to help players with because every league is different. So someone could come to you and go, hey, Howard, how much should I spend on David Robinson? You go 15 to 20%. Hey, Adam, how much should I spend on David Robinson? 15, 20%. Hey, Justin, how much should I spend on Robinson? Uh, 15 to 20%. So the guy's like, oh, I feel confident. All three analysts at Fantasy Alarm, they all said 15 to 20%. So I'm going to go 18%. And then in one league, he could go for 12. The next league, he could go for 34%. You just yeah. don't know. You know, and I always, and especially early in the year, if you don't have a history of the league. So what I try to do is early in the year, kind of gauge okay, is this league very aggressive on Fab or they're not? And that's the way you have to do it. Because um, I remember one year when Keenan Allen, years ago, was a big free agent, and me and Doc were playing in a high-stakes league, opposite leagues, and he got him way cheaper, and I put in a, a big way higher than him, and I didn't get him. And it's like every league is different, and it's it's the I think it's the most difficult thing in fantasy to explain to players because it can vary across the board. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing, you know, when you, you talk to people about it and, you know, and you and you say like 15 to 20 percent. But then, you, you know, you, there's there's also that factor. I mean, depending on who the player is, who's available, you know, then you say, listen, if you really need this guy, like if David Robertson had the job security that, you know, that that Edwin Diaz had. And th- there's there's no chance he has that job security. Right. But I let's mean, just say, for example, the closer yet. Right. But just for the the sake of example here, you know, let's say David Robertson has the jobs, the same job security as Edwin Diaz did. Right. Then you look at that and you say, okay, listen, it's probably 15 to 20 percent. However, if you really need saves, if you lost Diaz or whatever, you might have to go up to like 25 percent just just to make sure that you lock the guy in. The problem is, is that David Robertson doesn't have that same job security. So people who are throwing around huge bid money there, like that's you got to be careful of that. Like if, if it's a no-brainer guy who's going to get the playing time, Derek Hall. If it's Derek Hall, then you know you're like, oh shit, okay, I lost Reese Hoskins. I not only do I need a first baseman, but I need some decent power. I'm going to have to like you know deal with. Uh, batting average shit later on, but let me lock this down here and get the guy. And so if the suggestion is, you know, eight to 10% for Derek Hall, you can go up to 15% and, and just, you know, to, to lock him in. But the problem is, is that you got people who sit there and just make it rain at club fab. Like, like, you know, like, I mean, it's like bunny bucks to them. The dude who took David Robertson. Now I lost Edwin Diaz in TGFBI. Yeah. So man. I was going to go after David Robertson and like make sure that I, you know, put a healthy bid on him. What was your bid? My bid was like two seventeen. Wow, and you didn't get him. And I didn't get him. See, that's what I'm saying. So Do you know my, how much he went for? Um, uh, three twelve. Uh, Adam, I think that number is going to be a little bit higher. 
All right, what was it? Come on, yes. Okay, um, three eighty nine. Ooh, lower. Three eighty four. Higher. Three eighty six. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, see, that's my point, bro. Okay, now I know that's a fifteen team league. Three eighty six in yours. I went one sixty eight, and I got him, and I upped my bid from one forty four. Runner up was one thirteen. Then in my NFPC online championship, which is a 12-teamer, TGFBI is 15, Vlad Sedler's in this league. He had Edwin Diaz. He went 209. The runner-up was 189. Do you see? That's exactly my point of what I just spoke about a few minutes ago. Yep. 386, 209, 168. You bid more than me and didn't get them. And in my league, I got them. So, like, especially early in the year, too, this is more impactful now because – Everyone comes in with $1,000, so they have more money to spend. I think as this season goes along, especially when you get July and August, always look at what the rest of the league has remaining. And yes, look at what they have remaining. And also, if it's a closer, go, okay, who has the most money left? What is their closer situation? If they have three good ones, you know, all right, they're pr they'll probably bid. You always put in a token bid, but they're probably not going to go crazy. So I think as this season goes along – I think it's not easier, but it's easier to gauge. But that's a perfect example of how we just saw one bid, almost 400, one over 200, one slightly over 150. And I mean, again, and, and this one, Vlad got him for 209. The runner up was 189. So it's 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 crazy early in the year. It really is. It really is. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, I thought I put in a fair bid. I think you did too. Again, you put it more than me and I won at 168. So I agree. It's fair. I would not have gone 386 because again, I think Robertson is the guy now, but he had a high walk rate last year. He's 38 years old. They do have Adam Adovino. They actually mentioned there was a report from SOI a couple of weeks ago that Brooks Rayleigh could be in the mix. I actually did take it to the NFBC draft champions. It was like around 36. I was right around the time the report came out. I'm like, all right, I'll take a shot. Because, again, you can't make ad drops for the season in that format. Um, so I think Robertson is the guy to start. But, you know, what if he gets off to a shaky start and Adovino's pitching well or Brooks Rayleigh's pitching well? And we know the Mets are going to be aggressive. There's a good chance they trade for a close. It might not be now. It might not be May. Maybe it's June or July. So I think sometimes you just have to worry about now, though, like if the guy has the job. But it's not like, oh, yeah, Robertson's for sure the guy. Even Michael Fomer, who people were bidding on, I think he's the guy. And I bumped him up my rankings like a week or so ago because someone was like, wow, you got him pretty high. I'm like, I think he's the guy um, and drafted accordingly. But what if Brad Boxberger pitches great? Because they said Fomer and Boxberger are in the mix. What if Boxberger's great? So um, McGuff from Arizona, he's a guy I've been drafting in the reserve rounds. Uh, you know, he had a great spring. I don't think he allowed a run. He had closer experience in Korea, but they have several other arms. What if they throw McGuff out there for the first save opportunity, gives up two runs? They might not go to him game two. So there's just a lot of situations that are in flux right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not going, you know, that was that was my 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 feeling about it. I put the big bid in on uh, on Robertson because I think he's the guy. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to put fucking 40 percent of my budget on a guy who might get me, you know, 12 saves and then lose the job. 12, 12 saves with a six ERA. Like, I don't want that. 
So, you know, you just kind of have to wait and see. And if that's if that means that I missed out on Robert Robertson for this one. OK, fine. But at least I have a substantial amount of my budget remaining that I can go and chase saves later on because I know that they're going to be available. Everybody knows they're going to be available. So, you know, I, I felt OK with that. I mean, that's that's the thing for me. It's like, you know, when you're building, you know. Like replacing a guy who's hurt is one thing, but when you're building a bench, like how many times do you see people just fucking rifle through their fab budget over the first like month or two of the season? Um, and then really they, they come away with basically nothing because they're, they're sitting there and they keep, they're like, all right, well, I'll throw, you know, $22 on this guy. I'll throw 10 bucks on this guy. And then the following week, they end up dropping that guy and they start spending more money. I've seen people bleed through like half their budget by the end of the first month. And all they've been doing is rotating guys in and out of their lineup. And I'm like, it's just it's not the way to do it. It's just, you know, we I think you and I had this conversation about it for football. Like people are just, you know, you're so quick to pull the trigger. You're so quick to, you know, change out a guy that. You know, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. It takes, you know, especially in baseball, it takes fucking guys time in order to, to build themselves up, to get on that hot streak, to shake a cold spell. Maybe they struggled late in the spring. Uh, they were dealing with some soreness, right? I mean, they don't you know, play how well in the cold weather sometimes. I mean, look at Marcus Simeon last year. His first two months were horrible. Look how he finished. Imagine you dropped that guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, marquee names rarely get dropped, but what they end up doing, though, is they end up trading them for like 60 cents on the dollar. Now, on the other hand, if you dropped Jose Barrios, uh, you did a smart thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was so out on that dude when he went to Toronto. Even I was just like, no way. But he just I mean, but it got really bad, though. Like it's I don't think it was just Toronto. I mean, he just was awful and he hasn't had a good spring. I, I didn't draft him anywhere. I'm. If he's good, he'll be good for someone else's team, not mine. Yeah, I have uh, I have no shares of him whatsoever. Um, all right, big plans for uh, well, tomorrow you're working all day. You got the shows to do. Um, just kind of check in and and do that. So for for opening day, it's a work day for you. It's a work day for me. Uh, I hope everybody out there has a great opening day, though. I mean, that's you know. I, I I dig that very very much. I, I love just you know the the general feeling of opening day from announcing the players and and all of that. Are there um are there any any situations that you're looking at at all? Uh, well, you haven't really dived in for for betting purposes. There, um, you're not really a big DFS guy either. Nah, not as much anymore, man. I'm more into the betting. Um, I was going to ask you what your favorite matchups might be or what do you think the most favorable matchups are, obviously, besides the Braves against Patrick Corbin? Yeah, I mean, you uh, I guess I don't know. Marquez Marquez had a great spring and he's on the road. Um, No Tati. So let me see who else. I mean, there's some good pitchers on the mound tomorrow. That's the issue. There's not a lot. of. I guess the twins against Granky. I I I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I might look at some lefty bats for the Reds against Keller. It is in Cincinnati. Oh, it's going to oh, – okay, chance of rain, 60 degrees. I mean, I'm not afraid of Michaelis, the Blue Jays bats. I mean, I'm not afraid of that. 
Oh, no, the Angels against the current with Muller. Oh, my God. Trout, Tommy, <laughs> Taylor Ward, Rendon while he's healthy. Um, yeah, look, there's there's a lot of good pitchers, and it's reflected in the total. Six and a half, seven and a half, seven, seven, seven and a half, seven and a half, six and a half. I mean, the highest total is nine, I'm seeing. Yeah, two nines. Baltimore and Boston and um, Twins Royals. Yeah, I was I was looking at um, what you I was I was looking at that for the uh, you know inside the playbook. Uh, you know, one of the one of the features or highlights thing is you know uh, highest expected run totals. Uh, Twins versus Granke, Red Sox versus Gibson, Reds versus Keller, Braves versus Corbin. Um, you know, on that front, so I've obviously eyeballing players like that. Um, but then I'm also looking at like the pitchers who have the best odds for the win. Uh, Max Freed at minus 250, Shea McClanahan at minus 225, Blake Snell against the Rockies at minus 210, Garrett Cole at minus 185, and then you got Burns, Corbin Burns, and Pablo Lopez, uh, both at minus 145. So you know, if you're if you're looking uh if you're playing some DFS, uh, you know, these are the guys who, you know, you're you're obviously you're looking for strikeouts and you're looking for for wins. Like, you know, you obviously want a, a high strikeout guy with low ratios and a best possible chance for a win. For me, that's like I'm looking at it, it's like McClanahan stands out, Burns stands out, Pablo Lopez stands out for me. As much as I like guys like Max Fried, um, you know, or even Blake Snell. I mean, well, Freed's just not a big strikeout guy anyway. So pick it and choose. I really, I do like Hunter Green against the uh, uh, against the Pirates. The, the Pirates are terrible. Yeah, the K's will definitely be there at least. Yeah, I'm interested to see what his strikeout prop is. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what everybody's strikeout prop is, and yet none of them are there. It's crazy, bro. We know the really starters. Come on, man. How is Don't there be no... scared. Don't be scared. The books are afraid, dude. They're afraid, man. Let's see if uh, I'm on BetMGM right now. Let's There's see. Guys. Any uh, – nope. Game props, no player props at all. No yeah, strikeout props. Yeah, for the early games, nothing there. Huh. Well, all right. All right. Um. Enjoy opening day, everybody. Have have an absolute blast, and you know, have some fun. Um, again, I'll have the uh, I'll be I'll be probably posting the uh, the 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 DFS playbook. By the time you're hearing this, the DFS playbook for Fantasy Alarm will already have been posted, um, and I will probably also have a a best bets article for you guys uh, out there as well. You need a subscription. So fantasyalarm.com slash Howard. You'll make your money back, so just do it. I know, right? Like, that's the thing. That's the thing. Anybody who's tailed my bets, um, you know, for for baseball over the last, I don't know, five years, like, you you guys know, I I, I just, I I, I come out of the gate well, um, and then I get like a, I get like a really hot, like super hot streak, uh, like, you know, towards like the tail end of April. Uh, and that helps carry me through like, you know, May and June. It's just, you know, you build up that bankroll. You'll definitely pay off whether it's DFS or betting. You'll pay for your subscription easily in the first like, I don't know, week or two of baseball, I think. So fantasyalarm.com slash Howard promo code Howard 
50% off your first six months. Um, you've got your NBA uh, prop article coming out on PicksWise.com on Friday. Anything else you're working on? Um, the usual stuff. Catch my shows with the picks. We give out picks every day. Um, I think my to start the show, we give out an NBA pick. I think I've hit like four or five in a row. I had Jalen Williams over 24 and a half points and assist on Tuesday night. And um, I'm going right back to him on Wednesday because Shea Gilgis Alexander is out. So going right back to him. Going right back to him. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to uh, we're going to go on the rest of our day and prep for MLB opening day. We hope you guys uh, enjoy the festivities and uh, yeah, keep liking and subscribing. Recommend it to your friends. We have a good time here. So for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Cash It Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.